So good evening, everyone, and thank you very much for joining. I'll, I'll introduce Professor Haramines briefly. Um, Professor Haramines, as many of you may know, is the head of the Global and Cultural Mental Health Unit at the University of Melbourne. He's also the editor-in-chief, International Journal of Mental Health Systems. Professor Haramines has a long-standing professional and academic history in mental health and cultural diversity, including having founded and led the Victorian Transcultural Psychiatry Unit. I'll go to uh, Dure. Um, thank you, Viv, for this opportunity. Uh, my name's Dure. I'm from the Centre for Multicultural Youth, and I'm here with Emily Unity, um, who is a youth volunteer in CMY's Reverb program, which is a program designed to amplify the voice of multicultural young people in the space of mental health. Uh, they are a very experienced advocate and work with a number of prominent youth mental health organisations. So I will actually hand it over to Emily um, to speak on behalf of CMY and uh, just thank Viv and ECCV and the VMC for this opportunity for, to share young people's voices in the space of mental health. Over to you, Emily. Thanks so much, Jure. Um, hi everyone, my name is Emily Unity, my pronouns are they, them. I'm a young person who lived in living experience um, and I identify as culturally diverse and gender and sexually diverse and neurodiverse. I'm just very thankful to be here today. Um, I'd just like to reflect a bit on what Harry has mentioned and just pose a question a bit more about some other recommendations. I really liked your reflection about the data and how there is currently a paucity of that within our system and because of that it makes particularly young diverse communities very very invisible and our stories are much more complex than a certain data set can hold and I think something that I'm concerned about is not just getting more data but getting more data in a meaningful and genuine way in terms of intersectional identities and making sure that we are approached in a way that research is safe and accessible and inclusive. Um, I also really liked your point around the social and environmental determinants and I think that sort of holistic care is really important um, and we cannot expect um, us as people or especially diverse young people to present in a way that's digestible for the mental health system because the current traditional one is primarily white focus and doesn't take into account a lot of intersectional identities and I think that you covered a lot in terms of you know recommendation 24 is about primarily about diversity um, but in tying in your sentiment that diversity shouldn't be an afterthought and it should also be the norm um, I feel like I wanted to reflect more on recommendations 28 and 29, which weren't covered, um, particularly around lived experience. Uh, recommendation 28 was about developing system-wide roles for the full and effective participation of people with lived and living experience. And this sort of refers to peer workers and consumer consultants and project officers, but also peer researchers as well. Um, and the recommendation detailed to make that career path more formalized with more leadership roles and training opportunities and sort of a system-wide and multidisciplinary approach to addressing stigma um, and understanding the importance of lived experience. And then recommendation 29 was about the establishment of a whole lived experience body that was non-governmental and focus on advocacy and training and building up. So it's sort of like a union mentality of building up that network across a sector. And I think that for me, in terms of making lived experience the norm and for many of my peers, having lived experience people at the heart of the systems is what actually changes it. You know, that that's the way that we can actually make that the norm. Um, I think that all the other things that we've spoken about today, whether that be making inclusive data or making research more targeting systems or engaging with community in, a, in an accessible way, it's about 
having someone that's actually diverse at the heart of the system. I think that that's where we can actually change a lot of things. And so I think that it's a really good idea to focus more on lived experience positions like recommendation 28 and 29. So that's my main question to you, I would say, is about not just lived experience in like clinical and community work, but also like policy and research and data and media to ensure that really nothing about us is done without us. Yes. So I'll hand that back to you, Harry, um, as to whether I want to hear your opinion about lived experience workforce, lived experience professionals, and how you think that that can sort of address diversity. Well, I think um, lived experience workforce, uh, the nothing about us without us is really at the heart of the Commission's report. And I think there are a number, like the recommendations you mentioned, where there, there is a strong focus on the involvement of people with lived experience in all aspects of the reform process. So that's to be welcomed. One of the things is that, that, uh, that you know, all communities are in, some, in important respects unique. Some share some characteristics or others, but it's a complex population, it's a complex environment. And the mental health system doesn't reflect that complexity. And one of the one of the intentions of the reforms is to make the mental health system not more complex in the sense of complicated, but more able to engage with that kind of complexity in a productive way. So it is supporting uh, lived experience run and managed services. It is supporting uh, peer support workers and so on being part of the system. But then when you look at that, you say, okay, well, who, who are most of the peers, uh, people who are involved in that kind of peer support? Again, it's relatively monocultural. So having representation of diversity in each of those is actually critical. So you described yourself as diverse in a number of ways, which is fantastic. You know, when that kind of involvement has to be part of all of those developments so that the, the, the circumstances can be better understood, the preferences and needs and what is acceptable and what's not in, in, in terms of services can only be understood by actually understanding the community and the people within those communities. So when you start thinking about diversity, you know, it's, it's obviously very multifaceted. Some aspects of diversity are very, very clear and clearly recognized. For example, diversity in age. We have children's mental health services, adult mental health services, elderly people's mental health services. But other forms of diversity are not as well recognized or responded to as that kind of diversity in terms of age and what it means in terms of different needs and different responses. So we need to, we need to incorporate diversity of representation in decision-making, in service design, in service delivery, in the, the, the advisory groups that are advising government in all areas. And I think the commission is suggesting that this is desirable. What I'm saying is that we have to work out how to be able to respond to that opportunity in order to be able to fully engage and to fully realize 
the potential that is contained in the recommendations. Thank you, Harry. Megan, I saw that you had your hand up from the Department of Health. Would you like to comment or would you rather wait? Sure, I will. Thank you, Viv. Um, and thanks, Harry, for that great presentation. So my name's Megan Phil and I'm Executive Director um, of a branch in the new Mental Health Division, which is called um, transition and implementation. And I thought I'd just mention on the back of Emily's comments and, and Harry, um, what you've been talking about and with lived experience is that we've kind of, we're trying to, um, within our new mental health division that we're establishing, where we're looking at how we, through the establishment of lived experience capability within our own mental health division in um, the department, can really bring many diverse perspectives and really embed lived experience um, in all of the work that we're doing. And we have, I'm, I'm really pleased to, to say, and some of you may have heard this announcement, for the first time, we've got an executive director of lived experience um, heading up a branch which is wholly dedicated yeah. to lived experience and, and um, is represented by people with a lived experience as both consumers of our mental health system and carers, families and supporters of consumers of the mental health system. So this is, I think I can say, first time ever in government that we've got um, such senior lived experience representation. But I absolutely agree that um, we also need to look at then the the kind of intersectionality and the representation within lived experience and, um, you know, recognise that, that it, it won't be as, an, as effective as it could be if that's really monocultural representation. Um, so really important point that's been made, but um, I think a terrific, um, really ter terrific start that we've got now an executive director lived experience. And that person is Mary O'Hagan and she commences next Monday in the role. And we're now going through the process of recruiting um, two directors that will also form part of that branch. So I just thought I'd jump in given the, the conversation about lived experience and those other important recommendations that Emily referred to. Thank you, Megan. We certainly look forward to understanding more about that and also being in a position to inform the community as well outside of the engagement that uh, Professor Harriman has uh, referred to.